Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. What if we could end modern day slavery in our lifetime? That is the vision of Bridget Metcalf, founder of Seal.Life, an organization committed to love, value, restore, and reclaim lives impacted by human trafficking. Bridget has dedicated 30 years to full-time ministry, experiencing a spiritual awakening when the effects of sex trafficking hit too close to home. Bridget and her husband now serve from Thailand, where she and her team build relationships, teach English, and minister practical needs in the red light district of Bangkok. The Virtual World Sealed Conference takes place October 16th in 155 cities and 22 countries. Well, welcome, Bridget. I'm so excited to have you here on the Make Life Matter podcast. Thank you, Angela. It's such an honor to be with you. And we were just chatting. We are 11 hours apart. She's actually in Bangkok right now as we're speaking. I'm here on the East Coast. And uh, we have really gotten to know each other over the past few months working on the sealed conference. So excited. We're going to talk about it and how people can be a part of it. It's coming up October 16th. But I want to just talk about ministry and and you've been serving for many years. So what led you and your husband to feel called to Bangkok? You might even want to start earlier than that to kind of share how the Lord worked in your lives. Well, actually, um, 25 years ago, we were um, actually 28 years ago, we were dating and my husband was a missionary to Bangladesh and I was working in Arizona and uh, my boss was his best friend and uh, Dana had come back from the mission field. He had gotten typhoid and was really, really sick and came back. And during that time, my boss, which was his best friend, introduced the two of us together. And from that point on, uh, we fell in love and we were excited to start a new life together. Um, we we're talking about getting married and just uh, ministry and wanting to go back to the mission field and and fulfill that that call um, that started in Dana and was burning inside of me. Hmm. But we um, were engaged to be married and ready to go to the mission field. And there was it's a long story, but kind of a screeching halt to that plan and that design to be able to go to the mission field. And so instead, we took a detour. And we went into full-time ministry um, in pastoring as missions pastors, as well as um, uh, worship pastor and executive pastors at a church, and then eventually planted and um, pastored churches in Arizona. And so this deep call to go to the mission field had been burning inside of us really since uh, 1992, when we first got to know each other and um, we were always just wanting to go to the mission field, even though we were pastoring in the States and sent many missionaries around the world and um, thought, when is it going to be our turn to go? Mm. And so this journey, really, it took us, I guess it took us 28 years to actually get to this point. 
And um, now we've been launched. We um, turned our church over in Scottsdale, Arizona to a fantastic, our associate pastor there. And um, God released us to come to the mission field and to fill that call. Um, so that's been burning in our heart for many years. And we took people around the world, planted churches around the world. But now we get to be the ones launched. And we've been here three years here in wow. Bangkok. Now, when you, when you were first going to the mission field, did you feel called to Thailand or was that going to be a different region when you were at, like back in the nineties? That's a great question. Um, yeah, we, we knew that we would be in Asia. We knew okay. that that was, um, where we were pulled to and drawn to. And, um, uh, that, that was normally whenever we would take missions teams, we were normally drawn to that region. And, uh, but really, to be honest with you, we, we weren't sure um, exactly where would what country we would land in. Hmm. Um, we, we were doing a missions conference here in Bangkok, and we were asked to do a women's and a men's ministry as well as a missions conference for the ICA church here in Bangkok. And while we were here, the board sat down with us and wanted to talk to us about some things and we thought they were asking us questions about church planting and, you know, how do you launch uh, certain ministries and things like that. And they actually sat us down and asked us if we would be their pastors here in Bangkok. Mm. And it kind of shocked our system. But then as we prayed and we really were seeking the voice of God, we thought this is the dream come true. Um, this is what we've been destined for. So yeah, it's definitely a fulfillment of something that started many years ago. Oh, wow. It's exciting to see that happen. So three years you've been there, but yes. I know something happened in Phoenix that really, um, that really turned your heart even more so toward the, the passion you have to see the end of modern day slavery. So I'd love to know what birthed your passion and, uh, and I'm going to let you tell, and I know some of the details, but I'd rather hear it straight from you. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me just share my heart on this. Uh, you know, for many years, we, we've been doing ministry led women's ministries and college and career and worship. And, and honestly, we would do these Bible studies and, and I have, I was mentoring young girls at this time. And many of my young girls kept saying to me, do we have to do another Bible study? Do we have to do this? And they're like, we just want to go do, we just want to get our hands dirty. They loved it when we would go on missions trips and mm. go out and feed the homeless. And they would just always be so excited. And then there would always be this little drop when it came to the Bible studies and things like that. I'm like, we just want to get out and do something. And um, I was actually in the middle of teaching a Bible study. Um, and it was about, I didn't find this out at that moment, but a couple weeks later, a very good friend of mine, her daughter was abducted from the mall that was just a mile away from mm. our, um, our church. And it was actually on the day that I was doing our Bible study that that abduction took place and it was extremely traumatizing and uh, I remember just this mother um, just pouring out her heart to me and just sharing, you know, the, the, the fear. And she was, her daughter was rescued. Um, and it, it was an incredible situation how she got rescued. But 
literally as I was listening to my friend and, and as she cried out um, for her daughter, I thought, wow, you know, I'm here, I'm in the church, I'm doing this Bible study. And this happens just a mile away from me. It's happening Mm -hmm. in my backyard. And then I kept hearing the girls say to me, you know, I want to do something. I want to do something. I just want to get my hands dirty. And all of a sudden, I felt this burning call to activate something different and not allow these kind of things to happen anymore on our watch. And, and I took these four young girls and I said, um, I want to talk to you about something. I actually took them away to a retreat and I shared the story of what happened with my friend and, and how this, her daughter was abducted and then how she was rescued. And, and I said, you know what? I think this is what we are called to do. And all of us just prayed. We fasted that weekend and we just really just strategized. What can we do? What can just these four women do? And all the girls were, I think they were all in their early twenties at that time, 2021 and just full of passion. And And my heart was full of passion and God created sealed from that time forward. It started off small. Um, it really started off as prayer mapping our city. We started taking a huge map of Tucson and said, what's happening in our city? And we started praying and looking and we started walking and we started finding all the uh, brothels and the strip clubs and what was happening. And we started seeing a pattern. We started walking the streets and praying and then more people started wanting to go with it. So it really started as a prayer movement Hmm. That turned into a rescue, which also turned into equipping people to rescue. So we weren't just alone in this journey. And, um, and then it became a movement. It, it, we started doing conferences. We started saying, let's come together and who's doing what, and how can we network with you and how can we help you? And how can we magnify the impact of rescuing, valuing, reclaiming these souls um, so that they can really get on track for the things of God and really find their identity, yet also stop this modern-day slavery. So this started in 2008. And um, when I look at that and see where God has brought us, it, it, it just amazes me. Mm, I love hearing that story. I love the fact, Bridget, that something that w- that was so um, tragic and difficult and traumatizing, it could have been paralyzing. I think that happens to a lot of us. We look at the need, you know, I've been to Africa nearly 20 times. You can feel almost, you do feel arrested. You feel arrested by the need. You feel marked by the experience, but then we don't always know how to move into a place where that becomes something we can do about it, that we, that it becomes a catalyst event rather than a crippling event. So what I love hearing is you, you, you rallied and you rallied women around this. You continue to do this to where you refuse to allow that to just be either a one-off. Oh, well, that was a, a difficult thing. Thank God she was rescued and you moved on with your life or you became so traumatized by it or so overwhelmed by the need that you, that you just couldn't do anything about it. And I think a lot of us, 
a lot of us listening may feel that way. You know, this podcast is in 130 countries. So trafficking is a global issue and it's also a local issue. And I'm finding that out more and more as I'm working with local organizations here on the East Coast. We live just an hour outside of Washington, D.C., So this is sadly a big area for trafficking. And so I'm educating myself as I've, you know, served under you for the sealed conference, but I can't imagine Bridget then what it must've been like when you actually moved to Bangkok. Now, this is the fulfillment of this dream. You're there and you, I mean, you're right in the heart of the, the, really the epicenter of, of human trafficking around Mm -hmm. the world. So talk a bit about what it was like when you first came there and what has ministry looked like for you, especially in the context of abolishing modern day slavery? Absolutely. When, when this began to mushroom, I I remember thinking this has always been a global issue. I never realized it was a local issue. And when my eyes were open to how literally this was, ruining my city. This was ruining lives and not just people I didn't know, but people that I did know. And my eyes were opened and I had a passion for my local city, my local community, and and really discovering that. Then God started opening things globally, um, which I didn't anticipate. That really wasn't actually my passion to go around the world at that point, because I was just so passionate about my city, the the women of our town, you know, the children of our town and city and state. But God was like, no, this is something more. And I know part of the DNA of Sealed Ministry is also not just the ministry that we do, but how important we network and who's doing what, where, when, and how. And how can we partner together? So God started opening up doors unexpected from me. You know, I I didn't plan this, but we started going around the world and partnering with other ministries. And really that just started feeling more of a fire inside of me. We went to Uganda, went to Nepal, Cambodia, India, Kolkata, Mexico, and we like our team, I would just take teams of women, just, I felt like they were little groups of uh, an army team, you know, sealed team that would go in and, and just willing to fight. And we would partner with these, um, these organizations. And then the fire just kind of started burning more and more. Um, I, if you don't mind me just sharing a story, I, I remember I was in Kolkata and with my good friends, um, Ivan and Sheila Satyarata. And uh, we were going through, I was going through the red light with my team and doing ministry there. And I met a lady named Gita, who had been actually a madam, but she started when she was um, in Bangladesh, her mom and dad sold her into the red light, into slavery. And um, to just bring some income to the family. So she was sold in and Gita was purchased by this pimp, by this man. And she actually called him her husband because she was with him for 27 years. And uh, she was in the red light and that's all she ever knew. And um, she, that was her destiny. She said, that's what I was marked for. And it was when he died 
that all of a sudden Jesus came into her situation. Mm -hmm. Well, anyhow, I was going through this red light and we were doing ministry there and, and just uh, praying with the ladies and, and going in and out of this horribly dark alleyway where it's just, you would be, it, it, it reminded me of a horror movie. You know, you you saw rats, you saw um, garbage, um, men were urinating on the walls. I mean, it was just, it, it smelled, it was, it was grimy, it was dirty. And we were going down this windy road and, and our leader, she says, you know, I'm going to take you to Gita's house. And I'm like, okay, you know, who's Gita? You know, we, we go in, it was just a small group of us. We go in and it's just this itty bitty little room and Gita invites us in, has this huge smile on her face and was so excited. And she asked us to sit on this bed. It was just a one room, tiny little place. And the only thing there was a bed. And it was in one of the darkest experiences of my life. I just thought, wow, this, this is so dark. And then I started thinking this Gita, she was in the red light. She's been um, working in the red light, you know, this is her place. And I'm sitting on the very bed, you know, where she does a lot of this work. And we sat there and she was so overjoyed that we would actually sit in her house. And then she started sharing with us how she came to Jesus. And I was thinking while she was sharing and she had this huge smile on her face that when her husband died, that there was a team that came in and that would give her food and would speak to her. And she never had anybody talk to her like that. She never had anybody ever just, you know, not want something from her, but would just give her something freely. And she was so attracted to that, that she wanted what they had. And eventually she came to Jesus. And so we're sitting there and she's sharing this story and you could feel the joy we started worshiping. And, um, Sure enough, like as we were just worshiping there, I started seeing faces popping in the doorway and all of these women started gathering in and, and then their children started gathering in and we're sitting on this bed and we're just worshiping God and we're, we're, our hands are raised and we're literally in the darkest place in the entire world, I felt. And when I opened my eyes again, these women were all at our feet, the foot of the bed. And I was, I was just in awe. I was like, what? And they started taking our hands and they started putting them on their, on their heads and wanting us to pray oh, wow. blessing on them. And I didn't really understand what was happening. You know, I was like, you know, where are they coming from? But they were drawn to the worship and they were drawn to the light. Yeah. of Jesus that was resonating in Gita. And what kept going through my mind is, you know, initially when I walked in the place and I knew that Gita had become a Christian, I thought, why is she still here? Why are, why is she not being pulled out of this dark place and, and being completely rescued? And then I knew when I opened my eyes and I saw these women and our hands were on their heads and they were just saying, please bless us, please pray for us. It's like, God had brought Gita to this red light, kept her there, even though he had rescued her and brought Jesus into her and the love of God so that she might be able to bring these other ladies in 
Wow. And that we pray for them. And literally we were probably 30 people just squished inside this little room and they started bringing their children and say, please pray over our children. And the power and the presence of God just fell in that place. And I, this was early on in uh, the whole sealed ministry. I was so impacted by that. I thought, Lord, I could never turn back. Mm. And I, and I remember saying, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. Mm. You, wherever you want me to go, I want to go because I want to see more Gitas and I want to see these women transformed. I've never been in anything like that in my life. Mm. And not only did it transform them, but it transformed me. Yeah. And to see the the power of God just going in that room and didn't even matter the language barrier. The power of God was transforming. Mm-hmm. And um, it impacted me so greatly. I thought, Lord, I'll just do whatever you want me to do. And from there, he led us to other regions, other parts of the world. And, um, and, it, and, and it just grows and it just mushrooms. So when God called my husband and I to Thailand, unknowingly that we would end up in Thailand, I thought, wow, you know, there was a part of me that was kind of sad. I thought, you know, I'm leaving sealed ministry. I'm leaving America to, to um, go. And I'm going to probably have to leave this ministry behind. And then God started showing me, no, do your research, do your work. And I started realizing that Thailand was number one in the world for sex trafficking. And it is the hub, the international hub of the Asian world. Mm -hmm. It's actually the most visited city uh, in the world in 2019. And the number one commodity is sex trafficking, sex tourism. So I knew then the more I researched, I did that God strategically brought us here, not just to pastor ICA church, but to impact this part of the world in this area and network with other effective ministries. Mm, it's so powerful. And, and I know your heart for prayer. I know you prayer walked right there in the red light district. I know that you, you are in the thick of everything that is happening. You're not just kind of arm's length away, you are really immersed in the work and the ministry that is happening. And I think God knew that you would need those marked moments to really prepare your heart for what was going to be happening. And you are, uh, you know, the, the founder of this, really what has mushroomed into a monstrous event, which is October 16th. I'm blessed to be the U.S. host director and to come alongside, but I feel like I've only done just a tiny little piece of all the work that is a part of it. And this is airing prior to the conference. So people can still be a part of it. So tell us about sealed, how many countries, how many hosts, thousands of people that are going to be impacted and affected. And of course, how can people be a part of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are out in the red light areas of Bangkok on a constant basis. And um, our team is ministering here. Of course, COVID has changed things radically, but we're still seeing God move. We were before our last lockdown, we were in a brothel and we had an incredible time of ministry right in the darkest part of Bangkok. And God um, moved radically over the owner 
of the brothel and the ladies that were working there um, where God was just healing and ministering. It, it was just so powerful. And then we encountered our lockdown. Um, but I will say that the sealed conference happens every two years and we've been in different parts of the world when we do our conferences, but this year, um, actually because of COVID, I thought, am I supposed to close this down? You know, is this something that's not supposed to happen? But God said, no, I'm going to do something bigger. I'm going to do something bigger than ever before. I'm going to bring more people together. And I thought, Lord, how are you going to do this? And uh, he just gave me this strategy and this plan that we were going to go virtual and that we were going to use technology to bring everybody together. So I am really excited to announce that we have 22 countries participating. We have 155. Actually, we just reached 155 host cities around the world. And uh, we have eight languages that we're translating into right now. And so it's amazing. Uh, This is all going to happen October 16th, wherever you are in your part of the world. It's October 16th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's a one-day conference, and it is designed to empower, equip, and unite those who want to stop modern-day slavery globally and locally. And so um, you're going to hear from world-renowned speakers, um, international worship teams. We have some phenomenal content of what's going to be taking place. It's going to be interactive. Um, Some of our host uh, uh, watch parties are going to be in person and some of them through technology and Zoom. But it is an incredible, incredibly interactive event and uh, you're not going to want to miss it. it. It has speakers from every region of the world. And uh, yeah, I'm just so excited about this. You can go to sealed.life, www.sealed.life, and click on the Virtual World Sealed Conference. And uh, we'd love for anybody and everybody to be a part of this. And if there's not a host city um, in your neck of the woods or in your state, Uh, You can go to our East Coast um, Zoom or you can be on the East, uh, the West Coast Zoom and be a part of it. But we we would love it. And we have an incredible uh, team um, that's just ready to minister. Also, we have 24 hour prayer that will be taking place through the conference as well to help those who are um, needing prayer or needing direction. We'll be praying with them. Yeah. So powerful. It's so powerful. It's just extraordinary to hear you share those statistics but what I love beyond just your incredible vision and leadership and passion is that these are not just statistics. These are names. These are women. These are men. These are lady boys. These are, there are, are, are stories behind these statistics. There are reasons that modern day slavery exists. Like you said, um, the poverty, the corruption, the, the, the business, that it is uh, for so many different countries. There's so many facets and we can look at it and and just say, well, there's nothing I could do. I can't make a dent. I think of Priscilla who I wrote about in fearless. And I think about her standing, I'm getting a little bit emotional, Bridget, but her standing in front of these temples of Artemis, um, you know, in Corinth and Ephesus in the leading centers of the day of idol worship of, of the modern you know, just the, the worst of the worst that she was up against. And, you know, the, the, 
hundreds of young girl prostitutes, temple prostitutes all over the place. Um, you know, when I was researching for it, sometimes I had to step away the, the details, like you said, they were so dark. And I think about how intimidating that could have been for Priscilla, how small, how insignificant she must have felt, may have felt standing in front of these massive structures and massive tasks. And yet she knew who God was. She knew who God was in her and she knew what God was able to do. And I see that same tenacity in you. I see that same vision in you. And if we could all grab a hold of that, God is not a respecter of persons. All we need is to give him our availability and to say, like you said, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. Plant me where you want me to plant. Maybe you're listening. Maybe you can give, maybe you can donate and, and, and there's an opportunity to do that right there on the seal.life website. If you want to be a part of sewing and, and Bridget is then taking these funds that we are collecting on this one day event and distributing them among all of these different organizations that are on the front line of, of this quest that we have, this challenge that we have to end modern day slavery. So you can trust with confidence where the resources are going. Um, you can see right there on her website, the seal.life website, just the caliber of speakers and organizations that are a part. You also are the host of the Truth Be Known podcast with the, with the letter B, Truth mm-hmm. Be Known. And you've hosted some of the speakers for the conference right there. Um, I've had the joy of being on the podcast. I think you've had Dr. Beth Grant. So they can get a little taste of what they will experience right there on the website. And we'll wrap up in just a moment, but is there anything else you want them to know about the conference, Bridget, or any other ways that they can be involved? Yes. I mean, there are so many different dynamics of how people can be a part and make an impact. Matter of fact, uh, you know, not everybody is called to go global and there might be something in your neck of the woods or where you're at that it's like there's a ministry, there's a place where I want to start prayer walking and figure out what's happening in my city. I will say it's happening in every city and every town. There is this happening. This is not a um, new thing. It's, it's, it's an old uh, practice that has been around a long, long time um, and it's exploiting uh, women, children, men, boys, and girls. And so this is something I would encourage people to get actively involved in. But as far as the conference is concerned, I really do believe that if this is something that is burning in your heart, one, you can pray, you can give, and you can go. You can go locally and you can go globally. We, we bring teams over here um, in Bangkok and we have incredible teams and, or we can launch you to some of our networking organizations to help them and maybe give a couple weeks or maybe give a year or two years or whatever God is calling you into. Again, that attitude of I'll go wherever you want me to go and I'll do whatever you want me to do is so important. But I, I do want to just say that with this conference, our goal is to equip and empower and unite, but we also want to value, love, and reclaim these lives to not just be fired up, but to really pray and think, how can I 
value those around me. And one of the greatest things I could say is if you can do it locally, you can go anywhere in the world and do it globally. That's so true. It starts where you're at. And I hope that this conference just creates a fire inside of each individual and they find their niche. They find where they belong. And they say, I want to invest in that. I want to invest either my life, my prayer, whatever I have so that I can see people's lives changed and people valued and restored. This is the heart of God. It's the heart of God. And it's the heart of God for us personally too. Yes. There's some of our people out there. Some of the listeners um, might sit there and say, you know, I don't feel valued myself. Mm. I don't feel whole myself. How can I do this for somebody if I don't feel this myself? And, and I want to encourage everyone out there to really just dig into the things of God and, and really allow God to bring healing and wholeness to you personally so that he can also use you and be the vessel that you're called to because every single one of us is called to this. So um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be an inspiring conference, but more than that, we don't want to just be a one day conference. We want to be a lifestyle. I, I would love to see women that uh, take this torch and say, you know, I'm, I have this passion but I'm not going to just talk about it. I'm not going to just think about it, but I'm actually going to do something with it. And I'm going to ask others to do it with me. That would just, uh, I think that's the heart of God. And that is the passion inside of my heart is that if people are activated and uh, actually take action of what they're um, passionate about. And I really hope this is not a, maybe a ministry for every single person, but it's definitely something that some of us just need to walk in and, and start grasping it and really go for it. That's right. I love that, Bridget. I was thinking about the scripture that says, take the gospel to all the world, to Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world. So that's starting in your home. It's starting locally. I love that you not only want to reclaim, but you in, and you want to see restoration, you want to see rescue, but it's got to be birthed out of love and of, of valuing people the way that Jesus valued them. And, and we see that all throughout scripture, the way he loved people, the way he uh, reached out to the marginalized, where he was not ever limited by any man-made uh, barriers. And uh, what an example we have in him. And we know it's his heart. So we know that he blesses uh, what we do when we are aligned with his heart. So thank you for your vision, Bridget, your leadership. Sealed.life is the way you can be involved in so many ways. And like you said, it's just it's just a launching pad. It's not a one and done. It's a launching pad. I've, this has already inspired me to become much more involved with my local organizations. And one of the biggest needs we have here is there isn't enough education, even in a part of our police systems, our school systems. So that's something that we're going to really be focusing on in 2022 is educating organizations uh, and different arms and branches faith-based and not uh, about trafficking and how we can be more aware and then what, what we can do about it. So like you said, we can all be a part in some way and use our voice, use our resources. We can pray, we can give, and we can go. So visit the website to hear all about it. Before we wrap up, Bridget, I love to ask all of my guests this question. I'm so anxious to hear your answer. Other than Jesus, what person in the Bible has most inspired you 
the way you're inspiring so many others to make life matter. It might be someone you can't wait to meet in heaven, or is there a burning question you can't wait to ask them? I actually love that question. And it is so hard to just hone in on just one character in the Bible. Uh, and this, my mind just goes to so many, but one of the uh, characters in the Bible, I would love to be able to just have rubbed shoulders with and watch and observed and watch this whole journey on would have been Ruth. Mm. I just think about this woman and, and what kind of character she possessed where she could lose her husband and yet literally embrace her mother-in-law and just cling to her mother-in-law and say, I will go wherever you go and I will make your people, my people. And I guess there's a part of me that just kind of, kind of relates to Ruth of that almost being a foreigner and being in a different land, but literally saying, I, I trust this woman and I, I want her God to be my God and mm-hmm. adopting it. And then how God blessed her in the process. And I would have loved to heard her story and her side of all of this, of how God redeemed her from great loss to a whole new life and having her Boaz and then literally being in the lineage of Christ. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think this is amazing. God is a redeeming God. Uh, yeah. Here's this Moabite woman that, that really you think, wow, she, she didn't really belong there, but because of her heart and her passion, God grafted her in and um, became her God and, and he would allow her to be part of this great lineage. And so, yeah, I would say it would be Ruth. It really stands out to me, but there's so many other characters. There are so many, it is so hard, but I love asking that because I feel like it helps me to also have more insight into each person. I am so honored and blessed to sit down and, and share and steward your story because that it helps me to know who resonates with you and why. And I'm not surprised it was Ruth. And I love the way her story reminds us that God can redeem and use all of us. It doesn't matter what's in our past. It doesn't matter how we feel broken, how we feel. Like you said earlier, we don't feel valued. God can restore all of those places. And, uh, and here you are giving your life in every way possible. And I know God is going to bless you for it. And you're going to see it right here on this side of eternity and especially in heaven, you and Ruth will get to sit down and have all the conversations and uh, with the women and, and uh, that, that you are now bringing into the kingdom because of, of what you're, because of your yes, because your availability. So I'm so blessed uh, to partner with you, Bridget. It's such an honor to, to serve alongside of you. I, I'm really looking forward to COVID being in our river mirror so that I can come and visit you in Absolutely. Thailand. In Jesus name, we want, we want to see this eradicated. Um, but thank you. And I want to just, our bridge is going to close and pray for us in just a second, but I want to close with our today's truth that matters. Uh, the name of the conference this year for sealed is all. Yeah. And uh, it takes a long time to explain, but it was, some of it comes from Ezekiel 37. And I just wanted to share this passage. The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And he, I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? 
I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, here's our role, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. It was a rattling sound. And the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was still no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded and breath entered them and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. I literally have goosebumps as I'm reading that to think about the breath that is coming back into these girls that have been trafficked, these young boys that are being trafficked, that life is being restored because we are standing in the gap and we're saying, no, not on our watch. This isn't going to happen. The Lord says they can live. They can live and that our role is to partner with what the Lord is doing to speak life into dry bones, the valleys all around us in our local cities and around the world and say, God, you can do it. You can do it. So Bridget, thank you for, for blowing breath of life into so many. And we, uh, we, we appreciate you in so many ways. We're praying for you. We're praying for this conference seal.life. And I just want to invite you to pray over our listeners as we close today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Angela. You have been such an incredible inspiration and friends. And I tell you, I, I would not be able to do some of the things that we've been doing without you. And I'm thankful to God that he's partnered us together. So thank you for being just an incredible inspiration to so many as well. Uh, Yeah, I'd be honored to pray for all of us today. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for the privilege and the honor to be able to serve you. And Lord, I pray for every listener out there that maybe Lord, there's something burning inside of them saying, I want to go, I want to do this, but something's holding them back. I pray in the name of Jesus that Lord, you will just speak life to them. Lord, that they will be called out of those dry bones into life. And Lord, they will live again and they will breathe again. And Lord, whatever the enemy has tried to take away, God, they will be filled with your spirit and your love and your passion. And Lord, they will see life come from the areas that have been gone from darkness to light. And Lord, I just pray your victory over their lives. I pray for vision and passion and strategies and plans. I pray for a burning desire to just know you more and to spread the love of Jesus around the world and in their local areas, God. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Thank you that we can serve you. And Lord, we appreciate your love and your sacrifice that allows us to be able to love others in your precious and holy name. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. 
Connect with me at AngelaDenadio.com, Facebook at AngelaDenadioVOV, and Instagram at AngelaDenadio. Until next week, let's make life matter.